this is Mary Elizabeth, and thank you for listening to the Mary Elizabeth Speaks podcast. Um, If this is your first time, thank you for joining me. And if you are returning, thank you for your continued support. Um, On the last segment, we talked about the six types of abuse. So I think it's really important to stop and talk about love and the characteristics of love and then talk about characteristics of an abusive relationship Um, we're going to talk about hard topics we're going to be completely transparent if you have any questions or comments you can email me at maryelizabethspeaks at gmail.com anytime And I will just come on the podcast and read your comments or your questions and talk about it um, if you want me to do that. You can be anonymous or you can tell me on the email. It's okay to use your first name or however that may be. So I wanted to first talk about the biblical description of love. And we'll find that in 1 Corinthians 13. I'm going to read those verses to you and that chapter to you. And then talk about the simplified list of characteristics of what love is. So 1 Corinthians 13 is as follows. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a twinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, And though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as 
also I am known, and now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. And of course, when we use the word charity, we are referring to love itself. So I found this blog online, um, davidwercher.net. Um, and I guess I kind of cheated by pulling up his blog because it is the 16 characteristics of biblical love from 1 Corinthians 13. So it's kind of a cheat sheet that lists um, in plain English what the characteristics of love is. And please go to his blog, look that up. Um, all you have to do is type in 16 characteristics of biblical love and it should pop up. Number one, love infuses meaning into every aspect of life. Number two, love is patient. Number three, love is kind. Number four, love does not envy. Number five, love does not boast. Number six, love is not proud. Number seven, love is not rude. Number eight, love is not easily angered. Number nine, love keeps no record of wrong. 10, love rejoices with the truth. 11, love protects. 12, love trusts. 13, love hopes. 14, love always perseveres. 15, love never fails. 16, love is the greatest. So with anyone in your life, if you are not experiencing these characteristics, you are in the midst of a toxic relationship. And in life, in the same note, if you aren't exhibiting these characteristics, then you have a certain level of toxicity that you have to deal with. So I think that as a regular person, we spend a lot of time saying that we want love and that we need love, but we don't really know what it is because in all actuality, we're usually chasing a feeling without really understanding what the characteristics of what real love is and it looks like because most of us have never even experienced love. We've experienced a form of it sometimes, but never the real deal. Um, I don't feel like I've really experienced love yet, but I remember being really young and saying that I wanted it and saying that I needed it. So I decided in that moment that I would just learn to 
love people and give them the love that I would love to receive from them. Um, essentially, just kind of faking it till I make it. Um, it helped me to get by, but was it healthy? Probably not, because it can easily turn you into a people pleaser. Um, it can turn you into a person that people will take advantage of. Um, and it can make you become a person that you never wanted to be because you kind of learn to suffer in silence because you are already expecting that whatever person you're dealing with is incapable of giving you the love that you desire and the love that you need. And you start overlooking all of their faults and just pouring into them what you feel like will make them a better person and neglect yourself. And that is super toxic. But a lot of times we become that way and we attribute it to or we say that it's because we're trying to be good people or we're trying to be good Christians and it causes us to just love everybody and do right by everybody and do good to everybody but the thing that we have to learn to do is to love ourselves and if we love ourselves then we stop having friendships with people and we stop having relationships with people that don't exhibit love characteristics and that's when our lives really begin to change So I know that in segments, I started reading um, some pieces out of Her Soul Cries, um, which is a book that I wrote in the form of poetry and prose about the pain of my life that is very universal to everybody, <laughs> if you've ever been through anything. Um, but because we're talking about love, I wanted to read... Um, the prologue to a new novel that I've started and the prologue is like a little sermon um, that's all about love and it is, I think it's funny. Um, I think it's entertaining. I would love for you to email me with your comments. Um, and let me know if you want more um, to kind of motivate me to continue writing this book I have like three or four that I'm working on at one time but if you are interested in hearing the rest of it just let me know 
Um, I would just love to get your free your feedback. So here it goes. Um, this is the prologue to my new novel. And right now I'm just going to call it a novel because I'm not sure at this point what I'm going to title it. Somebody better hurry up and do something before I kill this no good. A novel. You see, church, God is love. And in this life, as good Christians, your responsibility and all-out duty is to live a life of love. Am I right, church? Mm-hmm. Let me tell you that one of the hardest things in this here life is to love those who treat you like a low-down, dirty dog. <laughs> Scallywags who have the gumption to fix their lips to call you everything in this forsaken world except for a child of the king. Hmm. Since I don't really care whose toes I'm stepping on this morning, I will even go as far as saying that you got to love the folks right here in the church that are only in here keeping the pews warm. Mm-hmm. Yep, I said it. Co-pastor did say it. Just sitting up in here occupying the space where folks who really want something from the Lord should be sitting. Hmm. Gossiping backbiting, lying, sneaking, creeping, deceptive. They always keeping things stirred up. Always got something going on and mouth always open like that 7-Eleven on the corner of Jackson and Lee. Hmm. I know I'm hitting some of y'all right over the head. Now don't get too quiet because folks will know that you are feeling a little guilty. If you ever wonder why you don't have the peace you have been asking the Lord for, just take a quick look in the mirror and around the sanctuary. Woo-woo! I said it. And do it quickly. Don't look too hard at one particular person either. Some folks might just get up and start running out of here. <laughs> why and how do you think me and Pastor got all these heads here? like Moses after he was on the mount in the presence of God. Don't get me wrong. I stay in God's presence, but a lot of this salt and pepper came from you all. Some of you would be okay if you would just stay off the telephone and stay at home sometimes. If you have an issue with somebody, the Bible says to go and try to work things out with that individual first. On top of that, if you are having trouble at home, take it to the Lord in prayer. Prayer will change any and everything. Register for the school of Nebo. It don't cost you no high tuition fees. Registration is free. Although, you will reap the benefits of taking the time to do it. Honey child, them folks you talking about your spouses with is just waiting to take them right off your hands. Hmm. I don't understand it. In my day, and Cole Pastor is in no way up here saying that his day is over. I'm just saying, for all the young folks, I'm referring to my childhood. We were afraid of what might happen to us if we even thought about disrespecting the house of God or his saints. Mom and them made sure that above all else, they instilled some reverential fear in us. Yes, times have definitely changed. Mothers are only kids themselves. We started families young, but we also got married and were responsible. Ain't 
ain't nobody thinking about the sanctity, the holiness, or blessedness of marriage. Just running around here on fire and getting relief any and everywhere. The saddest part about it is that I am not only talking about the single folks in the world. Mm. It's these so-called married church folks, too. It's something shameful. That brings me back to love. Love is a serious thing. Love is commitment. Love is mighty. Love is faithful. And I just heard someone in my spirit ask the question, faithful? What does that have to do with love? I am so glad you asked. It is just like any relationship. Men, if you love your wives, you will be faithful to your family. That means you will be happy to go to work and provide a nice and comfortable life for them. You will tell her how wonderful she looks when she asks you if she looks fat in something. Hell, after having your children, which by the way is one of the most beautiful and frightening things I have ever seen in my life, I am sure there is more of you to love too. <laughs> Everyone is laughing because Cole Pastor used the word hell, but I was serious about that. And hell is a place you will definitely go if you aren't living right. Cold pastor is saved by God's almighty grace too. Anyway, if old slimy Satan tries to creep in your mind, whispering in your ear about how it's okay for you to get a little bit on the side and what folks don't know won't hurt him, the devil is a liar and the truth isn't in him. Now women, the same goes for you. Can I get an amen or two? When that man on your job starts talking about the problems he's having with his girlfriend or wife, now don't you go and start talking about the shortcomings and problems you having with your man. You were supposed to talk about that with him. Emotional relationships lead to sexual relationships. And after 20 long years, if he is still asking you if he is the best you ever had, tell him yes without missing a beat. <laughs> Don't even matter if he has to have a little help from them little blue pills. God created medicine to keep every part of our bodies in healthy working condition. Now, somebody has to keep it real. And while I'm on this topic, there is an urgent matter I need to address with the congregation. Rumor has it that some of our members are more faithful to giving their tithe money to that, shall I say, special club on 4th Street instead of the church on Sunday mornings. Woo, mm, mm, mm. A couple of the deacons' names even came up too. Now, I ain't one to gossip, but say it ain't so. Father God in heaven, we need a fresh downpouring of your cleansing power, grace, and mercy today. You know the truth, and the truth is the key to being set free. I bind every filthy demonic spirit that is attacking the lives of your people. Let the church say amen and amen. By the way, there will be an emergency meeting for all of the deacons as soon as this service ends. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm just getting warmed up now. Don't you sit up in here and act like you've been saved all your life. When I am reminded of the Reverend Al's words and from my previous statement, some of you all still need to get saved. Love will make you do wrong and make you do right. Love will make you stay out all day and up all night. Love and happiness, yeah. 
How many of you all know that love isn't always happy, but if you love, love the way God wants you to love, your reward will be heaven. Heaven. If we continue in a way and run this Christian race without ceasing or fainting. Heaven. I'm going uh, to a place uh, where the streets are paved with gold, a place where there is no sickness, a place where there is no suffering, a place where there is no death, a place where there are no bill collectors calling and stressing me out around the clock, a place where there are no stalkers or baby mama drama. <laughs> Heaven is where I want to go. Do you hear me? Heaven is where I am going. Do you really want to go there too? Hmm. That's my question for you all this morning. If I had the title today's sermon, it would be, do you want to go? Are we doing the things that are acceptable in my Lord's eyesight that deem us worthy of such a place? And while you are sitting there lying to yourself, don't forget that he is omnipotent and omnipresent. He sees and knows all things. I know some of you remember watching Saturday morning cartoons. I like me some G.I. Joe. I'm going to steal the phrase he always said. Knowing is half the battle. Hmm. Faith is the other half. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. Do you know that you know that you know that heaven will be your final resting place? Choir, let me get a little bit of that in the background. Hum me a little amazing grace. Mm-mm. Is your faith walk where it should be? Is your tithe paying to the church as it should be? Have you become a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to the Lord, which is your reasonable service? Are you taking every step of life in love? Church, love covers a multitude of sin. This thing right here is personal. My daughter is here today. She's seated in the back. With tears in my eyes and pain in my heart, I just want to say before God and the congregation that I love you. More than that, I especially want to say that I forgive you and so does God. You see, church, she ain't married, but she sure is pregnant. Choir, sing. <laughs> I wanted to run down from that choir stand, grab my sister by the hand, and run from that mess of a place as quickly as possible. My aged brown eyes became the size of spanking new silver dollars. I also think the permanent frown lines on either side of my buttery face melted inward another quarter inch. I was in total shock. My immediate thoughts were, ain't this a bitch? What is really wrong with this man? Is there no end to this dysfunctional soap opera? And as much as I would have loved one of my grandfather's timely interventions, I don't think there would have been anything he could possibly stand and say that would divert everyone's attention. The floodgates broke wide open. There are simply some things you cannot run from. I have learned the further you try to run in your mind, the deeper you bury yourself. I was slapped back into present consciousness when I gazed in the direction of my sister, Anna. By all means and definitions, she was beautiful. Her sandy red hair was pulled into a French roll and lined with many frieze curls. 
while the right side of her face was framed with silky smooth bangs bumped under on their ends. Most importantly, she was a 20 plus year old adult. Hmm. How selfish of me to focus on my anchor instead of her innocence. To me, she was Mosi and Mamli, a dog, the firstborn, a beautiful vision where no father was present. Mosi learned long ago to create needed illusions in order to counter his desperate attacks, the art of war. Her classy head and plum gloss lips never tilted downward. Her sharply defined chin never lost that perfect position. My porcelain doll. Yet, I could see much more than those whose gazes were ripping through her at the time. Everything was moving in super slow motion. A dreadfully haunting figure stormed into the sanctuary, passing through those off-white, aged wooden double doors. It was overly masculine, glowed from its brilliant red aura, and carried a mighty blade engraved with death's signature. Kimbaro, heap of blackness. As he violently grasped at Masi with his murderous instrument drawn to sever her spine, I was blinded by the sudden appearance of an indescribable light. It had an extraordinarily masculine presence, but oddly enough, I also sensed its femininity. It radiated with complete dominance, compassion, and vengeance. In the split second he, she, it appeared, it also vanished, taking the entity prisoner and saving Masi's soul. Though her eyes were engulfed with tears, not one of them fell. She was never one to give the enemy its desired satisfaction. I smiled in my heart and asked aloud, Lord, was that you? A very authoritative, peaceful voice replied, Yes, Kamara, Chinasakuru, Kokumo, for you are one who will teach from experience, one whom I will answer for, and one who will never die again. I wasn't sure what that actually meant until now. So yay, that is the prologue to one of the novels that I am working on. And actually, um, that name is what I have tattooed on my left arm. So yes, there will be some truth in the novel, but most of it is just for entertainment purposes. So I hope you are getting excited about that. Um... And please let me hear from you and let me know if you like it, if you want to hear more and send your comments and questions to maryelizabethspeaks at gmail.com. Okay, so I thought I was going to get through this segment without also reading um, something from Her Soul Cries, but I can't. The final piece in the book is called Love. It takes... Um, actual lines from a lot of the other pieces in the book to come to the conclusion that in the beginning I felt like love was just a cliche it was something that I would never experience for myself it was just an idea that 
I was struggling to grasp because I had never seen it actually play out. But I did come to the conclusion that I needed to see myself in love and I needed to, once I started to see myself in love, see myself differently and start by loving myself. And once a conclusive decision is made to love yourself, then you can start a whole new transition in life um, and a new journey because love changes everything. So here it is. It's called love. A cliche defined extraordinary feelings of emotion for another. We are mangled from the mingling and misunderstanding we attempt to give, but we are mangled from the mingling and misunderstanding if charity starts at home and home is where the heart is and the heart is within, then it actually begins with self. Do you love yourself? Desperate reflections, thoughts untamed in the mirror. I see a black beauty different this time. There are no tears this time. I refuse to give it to the swine any longer. The destroyer will not be stunted. He only grows in strength, seeking to devour us with his words. But I have successfully devoured her, him, them, they with mine. We have emerged from the chrysalis, an obvious encasement, angered because it was an obvious encasement that I chose for so long. Are you mad? Mad enough to look in the mirror and make the decision to mean what you say and say what you mean and stand on it or will you fall for everything again but when you begin with the truth and end with love you have truly begun to awaken okay so now let's talk about the potential signs of an abusive relationship. The best reference that I found online was a website or is a website called choosingtherapy.com. Um, and they have a very extensive list of 25 potential signs. I think for this segment, we are going to stop at nine so that we can, um, kind of go into details about describing what codependency is before we move ahead because I am definitely a lover of words but until you really fall in love with words and you get to the point where you actually start researching the definition to understand the words that you may even be using every day you realize that you have been misusing them or you realize that they mean something much greater than you value them at. Um, so we're going to just do the first nine for this segment. Number one is verbal abuse. Now that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, being called out of your name, being cussed out all the time, 
um, being called ugly, all of those things are verbal abuse. Number two would be poor temper by abuser. So a lot of times when, if you think about it, we make excuses for our friends, we make excuses for our coworkers, um, when they have a bad attitude or a bad temper, and they're always just super negative, we, we dismiss it. We, we have gotten so complacent that we dismiss someone's terrible attitude and bad temper and negative energy and just say, that's just how they are. But if that's just how they are and it's not a reflection of any of the characteristics of love that we talked about, um, if it makes you uncomfortable, then the person that you were dealing with is definitely abusing you. And you have to make a decision to say enough is enough. I'm not making excuses for this person. Um, If they have a short fuse and even, you know, even if it shows its ugly head because they're using drugs or it shows their ugly head because they're drinking and after they're drunk, then they start to easily lose their temper. Um, we're still making the excuse for the person when we attribute the change in their behavior and the change in their temper to something else. So we have to say, if a person has a bad temper, um, then we don't want to be around that person. We don't want to say, oh, they only have a bad temper when they're drunk. So... I'll spend time with this person, but when they start drinking, then I won't spend time with the person when they're drunk. That's not good enough. Um, That will never cause the person to be consciously aware of who they are, and it will never cause a person to feel like they're being held accountable to even want to or have to or have a need to change number three is unpredictable behaviors by abuser so that means at any time it's just like their temper changing and like when they're using drugs or when they're drunk then they have a bad temper it's the same thing um unpredictable behaviors is just sudden changes in the way a person is behaving with without cause and without a reason so one of the toxic relationships that I was in was with someone who was diagnosed to be bipolar and When he was taking his medicine, he was consistently 
fun to be around. He told a lot of jokes. Um, he always made me laugh. He was always laughing himself. Um, it was just great. It just, it made me feel good. But when he stopped taking his medicine, he was very unpredictable. Um, happy one minute and hitting me the next. Um, happy all day and then putting a gun, a loaded gun at that to my head and asking me if I was leaving him at the end of the day. Um, just all over the place. And that's what unpredictable behaviors looks like. Um, number four, cruelty to animals and others by an abuser. So if you're around somebody who, let's say when they're driving, they speed up when there's a squirrel or a dog or a cat in the street, that's not normal. Um, if you have a pet and they are being obnoxiously cruel to your pet, um, just trying to make it angry, poking it, pulling on it, um, withholding its food, anything, um, that's not normal. And you should really pay attention to that. Um, and if they're cruel to an animal, then you have to know that even if you've never seen them be cruel to another human being, that it's in them to do. And more than likely, they have a history of it somewhere down the line that you're just not privy to. Number five is possessiveness by an abuser. Um, sometimes as a woman, possessiveness feels good. Um, it feels cute. Um, sometimes we like to feel a sense of ownership. We don't want to use that word, but we want to be owned. We want to be booed up. And to be with a man who is out with you in public and like pulling you closer every time uh, somebody walks by or looking at them like they may be checking you out um, and they get upset. Um, always like fall air, like they want to be everywhere you are. That's what possessiveness is. That's too much. Um, in a relationship, you don't have to be with that person 24 7. In a healthy rela relationship, you have time that you spend away from each other. So anybody who wants to be under you um, all the time probably has a very toxic sense of 
relationships and probably has a problem with possessiveness and you have to really be careful about that um somebody who just pops up on you at work at home um when you say you're going to go and get your nails done or go get your hair done or you're going to your friend's house and you look up and they're knocking on the door or they're calling you every few minutes um that's a problem that is a possessiveness issue um number six jealousy by an abuser um Everything that you do, they're jealous. Why do you have to do that? Um, Why do you have to go there? Um, Why are you doing that? Uh, I have a problem with that. You should just be here with me. Um, Why are you so close to that friend? You must be sleeping with her or you must be sleeping with him. Um... I just want you here with me. Like they can take a jealousy issue, a possessiveness issue and turn it around. If you have an unhealthy way of thinking, um, it makes you feel good. Like, oh, he loves me. Oh, he doesn't want me away from him. He wants me to be with him all the time. Oh, girl, he just, you know... He doesn't want me talking to you on the phone anymore. He's so jealous that I spend a lot of time with you. That is not healthy. Number seven is threatening behavior by the abuser. Um, If you do this, then I'm going to do that. Um, why Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? If you do this or you do that, there are repercussions and if you leave me I'm going to hunt you down if you try to leave me I'm going to kill you if you leave me then I'm going to hurt one of your friends Um, if you tell them what I'm doing then I'm going to hurt your family members um If anybody threatens you in any way, um, it should be a problem to you. It shouldn't be cute. Um, There's nothing fabulous about somebody threatening you. Um, Even in a friendship, no one should threaten that if you do something, they're going to do something else and to retaliate or to punish you. It's very unhealthy. Number eight is a forced sexual activity by abuser and disregard for others' desire for such activity. Forced sexual activity is rape. Um, I talk to a lot of women who, even in marriage, there's a time and a place for everything. If... The person that you are with doesn't respect um, your boundaries, doesn't listen to the word no, um, then you are in an abusive situation. I don't care if it's 
a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a husband, any of that. Um, If you love yourself, then you don't tolerate people doing what they want to with your body when you don't want to do it. You don't tolerate people talking to you any kind of way. You have to, again, decide to love yourself. And when you love yourself, you start to push away from toxic people. You start to push away from people who don't have any respect for you or for your boundaries or for your feelings. You have to love yourself. And when you love yourself, you will start to change. And number nine for this segment is controlling behavior by an abuser and codependency. Now, there is a lot to um, control and there is a lot to codependency. Um, So, if you want to... A really great 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 resource that I'm going to pull information off of to talk to you will be a website called a and it has a beautiful beautiful um, piece on 17 signs that you may be codependent well you hear people talk about codependency and relationships all the time I think that when you are misinformed or uninformed, you have the ideology that if you're in a relationship, it's just beautiful to hear people say or beautiful to think that the person that you have partnered yourself up with completes you. It sounds cute, but really it's a whole problem. Um, if you are not an individual all on your own, if you are lacking in areas and you are seeking a relationship in order to fulfill those areas that you are lacking, you are out looking for trouble. You are looking to become codependent with somebody. So codependency is an excessive reliance on another person or people for approval and a sense of identity. Um, Codependencies can occur in all types of situationships. Like it can be a lover. It could also be a friend. Like sometimes we have codependencies with friends. We won't go anywhere without this person. Um, we won't do anything alone. Like if we, if we go to the store, it's like how women go to the bathroom together every time we're out somewhere. It's like, come on, go with me. Um, that is just like a minor example and of codependency. Like you just can't do anything by yourself or alone. Um, they're always, you always have to have a plus one. If you always have to have a plus one in everything that you do, you definitely have a codependent personality 
and you probably have some toxic relationships that you need to kind of meditate on search out and figure out how to fix or figure out how to get rid of um codependency is like you don't feel a sense of self or value without that other person with you or without that other person being your cheerleader um, and pushing you to greatness or pushing you to be something like you always have to have validation from someone on the outside you don't know how to encourage yourself um there's a lot of ways that you can encourage yourself if you are seeking that if you're needing that even in the bible um if you look at the story of david the bible says that david encouraged himself um he was in a position in which he was on the run from his own son. Um, Most of his kingdom had turned against him. Um, He was rejected and he wasn't on a pedestal anymore. And a lot of times we find ourselves in those type of positions where we don't have an amen corner We don't have people encouraging us. We don't have people checking on us. And in those times, um, you could really spiral emotionally if you have a codependent personality and you don't know how to say to yourself, if you don't know how to look in the mirror and say, you're going to be okay. Um, You're going to make it through this. We're going to do this one day at a time. And when you first start to talk to yourself, it seems a little crazy, but it is definitely very healthy. Uh, I think that I started, when I started my journey for working on myself, I I really did honestly write sticky notes um, and put them on everything all throughout my house. I also took... a a stick of red lipstick and wrote all over my mirror in the bathroom so that every time I went in the bathroom um, and I looked up, I saw those notes to myself that encouraged me, um, that said, you are beautiful, you're worthy. But that really is step two because first you have to get to the point where you will actually look at yourself in the mirror. If you have been defeated by people, if you've been defeated by life, you will really find it hard to look at yourself. Um, If you have super low self-esteem, you hate looking at yourself or seeing yourself in a mirror or on pictures or taking pictures because everything, every voice in your head is just negative. So, you have to just make a decision to change. That's the first step. Make a decision. You're not, you're not going to be codependent. You're not going to put up with people treating you any kind of way. 
And from that point, you may slip some, you may find yourself going back down a rabbit hole. But if you keep talking to yourself and you keep telling yourself, okay, at the end of the day, this is how my day plan um, played out. Um, I should have done this better. So when I'm in that situation again, I will do it differently. I will make a different decision. I will um, choose me in every situation. So the signs of being codependent. First of all, you have to really be honest with yourself. Um, Denial is a killer. Um, If you keep saying He's not that bad. She's not that bad. Um, They're not really toxic. They just love me a lot. (laughs) Um, Yeah, all of that's a problem. So really evaluate yourself when you're listening to these lists. um, And be able to say, that's me. I do that. I've done that. And I need to do something different. So here are some signs of being codependent. Um, The signs of codependency include having difficulty making decisions. Is that you? Um, Every time you have a decision to make, do you phone a friend (laughs) do you make a social media post um or do you decide on your own do you have to call your mother every time you have a decision to make or are you able to just make it doing more than you're asked to do um Let's go to a job, like even a job situation. When we are perfectionists, when we want to be the best, when we want to stand out, when we love accolades, um, we go above and beyond. And just think about it. Even in a work situation, when you start from the very first time, that they notice, and when I say they, I mean your management notices that you always go above and beyond and do more than you're asked, you start getting taken advantage of. Think about that. And over time, you become miserable. And once you pass that misery phase, You have a very short fuse and you end up quitting, walking off the job, um, really going off on somebody at work. It's the same way in your personal life. Stop going above and beyond for people so if you were raised in the church you think that going above and beyond is your christian duty but all most people are the same once you go above and beyond for them they will start taking advantage of that and so 
in the beginning where you you say, oh, that's just how I am. I just like doing good things for people. And you start doing good things for people. And then they start coming to you every time they have a problem. Um, and they don't even try to fix it themselves. You have essentially created a codependency with those people. And you have created your own toxic relationship. And then now you're upset, but you have to be upset at yourself that you allowed that and you created that because you are responsible for teaching others how to treat you. Um, If you value approval of others more than you value yourself, having difficulty communicating and setting boundaries in relationships everything that they want, everything that they need, you're right there. I just had this conversation with somebody. Um, Every time you're down and out, every time you're having a bad day, um, you you call me and you want me to talk to you and make you feel better. Um, But when I'm having a bad day, You don't go out of your way to make me feel better. That's toxic. That's a problem. And if you just go along with it, instead of saying, this ends now, then you are going along with the codependency. Um, If you're unable to identify or ask for what you need and want, You can't say, hey, this is what I need from you if we're going to be in this relationship, even a friend. Um, This is what I want from you. But the other person is always telling you what they need and they're always telling you what they want. And you feel like you're, you're just trying to be a good person and you're doing it and your reward is going to be in heaven. You need to cut it out. It's okay to say no. And if you grew up in church, sometimes it's hard to establish establish um, boundaries with people because you feel like if you're there for everybody else, then you're all that means you're doing the right thing. You're doing what God wants you to do. But it's not true. That is not real. Um, Needing to be part of the solution to someone else's problem. We've already said that. Feeling responsible for other people's feelings. Um, We already talked about that. Feeling like you need to be needed by others. Um, So for a long time, again, I like to do things for other people. It make me feel good. Hey, let's go out to eat. Hey, let's go here. Let's go there. My treat. You don't need to buy friends because as soon as you don't have money to do those things and they're not calling you on their own, they're not coming to see you on their own, it's going to be very devastating. So if you have people around you, you just want them to enjoy your company. 
and you want to enjoy their company in the same fashion that they enjoy yours. So if they're not treating you the way that you're treating them, then you are off balance. The relationship is off balance and you really need to do an evaluation. Um, lacking trust in yourself and having poor self-esteem, extremely loyal, remaining in harmful situations and unhealthy relationships for too long, doing things for others that they can and should be doing for themselves, avoiding conflict or confrontation at all costs, compromising your own values and integrity to avoid rejection or anger, overdoing and overgiving. You are exhausted. Don't you get tired of being everybody's go-to? Don't you get tired of being everybody's doormat? Don't you get tired of being the one that everybody calls to dump all their crap on and when you need somebody to call, nobody is there or when you have something going on and you are talking to these same people they discount how you feel they don't really take you seriously they just tell you oh you're going to be okay you're the strong one for everyone and things like that that's a problem you again if you have any kind of relationship, friendship, situationship, boyfriend, girlfriend, um, life partner, husband, wife, whatever, it's got to be on equal ground. Um, harboring feelings of resentment when your efforts are not recognized. Codependency. Those are some of the signs. Um, we may still be talking about this next time, but those are definitely some of the signs. Um, those are the first nine potential signs of an abusive relationship. And also, that was a little brief discussion about what the Bible says about love and what those characteristics are and what you should be looking for. So we're going to move on. Um, if you have questions, comments, concerns, please email me at maryelizabethspeaks at gmail.com. Also, I am starting my YouTube page and putting those book readings on there slowly. <laughs> I've got some help. Um, but I will give you that information um, probably in the next few weeks when I've got some more videos posted. But you'll be able to go on there and listen to pieces out of Her Soul Cries independently on your own time. So please share this podcast with your friends, with your family, with your girlfriends, um, with anybody you're concerned about. Um, and let's just get better together. Love you guys. Talk to you next time. Bye.